0: Hello everyone. Hi friends of the pod. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best. Hi mom. Hi Michelle. I'm Michelle your (laughs) (laughs) co-host and I'm with my mom Barb. Yes. Who quite often tends to know best. Mm. How are you today? I'm doing quite well. How are you? I am really well. Thank you for asking. You know what's really nice um Someone, a friend of mine texted me listening to the podcast, and she said that she loves that you ask people, how's it going being you, oh. as a way to ask how people are doing. She had never heard that before, mm. and she thought it was a very lovely way to to ask someone that. So, Oh, I love that. Way to go, you. Well, I like
1: that so much because it, it really, you know, whenever we say, how are you, most of the time, almost all of us say, good, I'm fine, whatever mm-hmm. that is. And if you say, "How's it going?" being you today, it takes it out of that just the, you know, knee jerk response. Fine, I'm good. And you actually pause for a second and think about, "Oh, how how is it going?" You you get into your feelings, so yeah, it, it does. Today, it works that way for not me anyway. Just
0: how's it going? Well, life mm-hmm. in general, oh, fine. But yeah. Today, well, I don't know. So how how's is it going, going to being be- you today? I <laughs> actually I feel pretty good today. Mm-hmm. It's a morning episode, and I'm. Pretty bright-eyed and bushy-tailed today, so that's good. And I feel like, you know, we're we're getting it all done, which is always a good feeling. Wonderful. How about you?
1: I, actually, I feel the same. I feel very content today. Um, I don't feel rushed or overwhelmed or my I'm not too much in my mind thinking about all the things that I need to do. I'm feeling content and ready to do... Each thing that I have to do, I think I've been working a lot on being one-pointed mm-hmm. and trying not to, trying is actually a loaded word sometimes, but, and really making an effort to do one thing at a time and try to stay focused. Which is something we spoke focused. about
0: in a past episode. Yes.
1: And you know, it's it's a practice. And so sometimes whenever I feel like I'm starting to feel a little bit anxious or obsessing in my mind, generally that's the first thing that I look at. Am I dividing my attention Usually not just with two things, with many things. And is this what's causing me my anxiety and help and helping contribute to me feeling overwhelmed. So yeah. And as usual, I'm gonna love our topic today. I'm really excited about this. This has been I think coming up for a lot of people.
0: Yes. So we've we've danced around this topic today in past episodes, but this is a topic that we've had a lot of you ask us about. And a lot of, we've done some content on this online and a lot of you resonate with it. And I've struggled with this. You've, we've all struggled with this. And so we thought that it would be a fabulous idea to dedicate an entire episode, maybe two, maybe three, maybe four, who knows, (laughs) um, to this topic because it's just so widespread and it's up for people.
1: I also want to. Mm-hmm. add in here with what you just said is that, first of all, this has been a huge conversation that we've had for almost your entire life. And Since
0: I've been able to talk, probably.
1: probably, And I believe that this one thing permeates so much of our lives. And if we can actually start to become aware Absolutely. and see how we interact with this, and that's kind of like, how's it going being you today? That's what that means is how do you get in touch with uh, deep awareness of, of anything in your life and I think this will be a really I think this will be a really powerful eye opening conversation that we're going to have in this mm-hmm. episode because it truly does permeate a lot of parts of our lives that I think most of us weren't aware I was unaware absolutely so I, I'm I'm looking forward to this conversation and it's certainly a conversation you and I have had <laughs> Oof, a lot
0: <laughs> it's been the source of Quite a few fights, uncomfortable conversations, frustrations between the two of us, for sure. And between me and most of my relationships in my life. So today we are going to talk about indecision and how to make decisions and why it's so hard for us to make decisions and and really how indecision really plagues us in so many ways.
1: I love it. It's interesting if, you know, Michelle just said, we're going to talk about indecision (laughs) and why, why do we struggle with making decisions? So if you just take a second, just ask yourself if this resonates for you. And if it does open your mind and open your heart and open all your uh, inner knowings about this so that you can really start to see and feel, feel what it might be like in your life that You're not making a decision because I think so many people have said to me in the past when we've talked about this, what's the big deal? I just, I just can't decide. And it doesn't really matter anyway, because I want Mm -hmm. you to do whatever you want to do. It seems benign and it seems kind and compassionate and, oh, I'm open to whatever it is that you'd like to do. Please go ahead.
0: You're doing someone a favor. Yeah.
1: And sometimes you're doing them a favor. I mean, if that is truly how you feel. But I found for me, most of the time when I say, oh, I don't mind or. I'm fine. Do whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. And it's not actually true. If I I took a pause and thought about what did I think about whatever it was that the person asked me, I do care. And I do have an opinion about it and I do have a, a choice about it, but I just bypass it. You're right.
0: And in my opinion, there's nothing worse than feeling stuck in indecision. I mean, when we were talking about doing this as a a whole episode, I went back, I've written quite a few blogs on this topic and going back and reading them from so many different years of my life and kind of revisiting periods of my life where I was very, very plagued with indecision. Like I made it almost a personality trait that I thought was kind of cute to be the, the person who could just never make a decision and just she just doesn't know and she's so indecisive and isn't that sweet and and I I really I can take myself back to that time where I I felt that way and I think if you had asked any people who knew me at this period of time could Michelle make any decisions they'd flat out say no because that was such a huge part of how I presented myself and Even though, like you were saying, we can sometimes do that and act that way because we think we're doing somebody else a favor or we're just being easygoing or go with the flow. I I truly don't care about any of it. So whatever you want to do, it's annoying. And people really don't like it. And I also feel like people don't respect it. And having that hindsight vision of that period of time, it's, it's fascinating for me to look back at that because it was so hard for me and it was something that I put on myself as a way of living. And, and as you, the more you entertain that way of living, the more it does become part of you. And the more you really think, I, I don't know how to make a decision. I don't know. I don't care. I really don't, I don't have an opinion either way. And, That becomes your autopilot. You know, sorry, I know you. Um, In one of our very first episodes, we talked about the thoughts of the mind and what we tell ourselves. And I think the more that we tell ourselves, I don't have an opinion. I don't know how to make decisions. It doesn't matter to me. I'm so indecisive. It it does start to become the reality. And I'm just speaking from my experience that, that that was my reality for a long period of time.
1: And you actually labeled yourself that, and so did everyone around you. Because I, I remember your. It's so beautifully said, Michelle. Because it did become who you were, and and I remember when I would be together with you with a couple of friends uh, that we would decide, okay, where are we going to go? And they would jokingly laugh. Well, let's not ask Michelle because she doesn't care, or she doesn't know, or she doesn't want to. Or it's annoying to even engage
0: her in that conversation because she gives nothing.
1: Yes. So I think it's really interesting to think about that, how we do get labeled or how we label ourselves, because you're so right. That's who we become, you know, just like the company we keep the other episode we did, we become the energies and the behaviors. We also become what our mind is telling us if we actually believe it and buy into it. And you did. And it's interesting to see how the ripple effect was So did the, all, all the other people around you. So this is an interesting thing that I read recently. And if you relate to it, then this episode is definitely for you. I think it's for you anyway. I think it's for everyone because we all have, some instances where we're not where we're not sure we're not decisive, and not to say that that's not okay. Sometimes, of course. But I recently read that the average person will make about thirty five thousand conscious decisions per day. It mm. blew, my, blew my mind when I saw that.
0: That's wild, actually. So
1: because they're small, we're making decisions. Are we going to turn left? We're going to turn right? Are we going to go straight? I mean, when you think it's about true. all the little things, so we are constantly we are constantly choosing a course of action. We're constantly making these little, tiny, small decisions. So if we can't get clear and understand that we are capable of making decisions, I believe that this leads to us having difficulties making the big decisions. So this episode, I think, will help open you up, which is what I said to start this conversation, help you open up to see how important it is to understand that you have all the power and the fact that you aren't aware that you're making a lot of ce- decisions already that you're not even aware of. So just understanding, look, I can make this decision and not label yourself someone that can't. Um,
0: yeah. Well, it's
1: interesting. No, I was just going to finish. Sorry. I was just, I, I, I just going to also finish part of this article that I read said that since the pandemic, which I thought was extraordinary, but it made perfect sense to me since the pandemic over a third of adults reported that it is more stressful to make a day-to-day decision. And so I was thinking about that, that it's stressful when we don't make decisions because I believe when I'm when I'm indecisive, I feel anxious or I feel that I'm not um, capable. It, it kind of ro- starts to erode over time, my self-esteem or my ability. Yeah, abil- we're going to get into all of that. Yeah, I'm just saying, so it, it made sense that this, this study about the pandemic, that anxiety... Has led to the indecisiveness, and also the indecisiveness then leads to the anxieties. So we're caught in this, in as loop. you call it, this hamster wheel, just going round and round and round. Yeah.
0: And well, I just going back to that stat because I think it's it's really eye opening that to that we make thirty five thousand conscious decisions per day, and just thinking about that and. As someone who used to label myself as someone who couldn't make decisions, thinking about that and reading that and then thinking that, okay, I'm making decisions all day long and I'm not overthinking it. There are some decisions that I just make where I don't analyze or second guess or go back and forth about or doubt myself about that I can just make. And I think it's just an interesting distinction there that that's how you can start to chip away at that indecisive label because it's clearly not true. If you're making 35,000 decisions a day, okay, maybe you're not great at answering where do you want to go for lunch, but you are making decisions. So that's how you can just debunk that that's simply not true. You're not indecisive. You We just need to get to the root of why some of these larger decisions or conversations that we have with other people feel so hard sometimes.
1: And I think I just love that, Michelle, because I think we should start making the small decisions. And I think, where am I going to go for lunch? If someone says, Barb, where would you like to go for lunch? That's a small decision. And I I want to be able to have an answer for it because I believe we overthink it. We overanalyze it. We send it up into the head. Oh, I don't know. I can't think. Oh, I don't know of any good places to go. And I think we struggle, we struggle, we struggle. So if we can start to practice really becoming aware of of the small decisions that we're not making or we're saying, you know, it doesn't matter to me and make them quickly. So lately when someone says, where do you want to go for lunch? I'll have something on my mind. Oh, I want to go to Carrot Express, which is down the street from our office, <laughs> or I want to go here. And I believe for what not ha- sponsored, <laughs> I believe that what's happening for me is that it's helping me make the bigger decisions. Cause I've been struggling with a couple really big decisions that I need to make. And it helps you get over the overthinking situation or the overanalyzing situation. I truly believe strongly that this is what's holding us back. And there's this beautiful quote by Jim Rohn who, you, you know, I really like him. He's the one that did the quote. We, we take on the behaviors of the five people we spend the most time with that we used in another episode. So he said this, you cannot make progress without making decisions.
0: Well, of course. Okay. There if you, you go. don't make a decision, you're literally standing still. Exactly. You don't make the decision. We would not make the decision to get up from this chair and leave this podcast studio and then get into the car and then drive somewhere and then go do something else and then go decide where you're going to eat, what you're going to eat for lunch. Every single moment of our lives is is a choice and a decision. And it's so true. If you don't make decisions, you are totally stagnant. But I want to rewind a bit because I love getting to the root of things. And so now that we know the importance of making decisions and, and clearly that it takes up such a huge part of our lives, what do you really think is the root of why we feel like we can't? Or how we get so stuck in indecision?
1: Well, I believe two things. I believe...
0: Because I have a theory and I think you have a theory, right?
1: Yes. I, yeah, have a theory. I'm not sure exactly what your theory is. Let's see. I believe two things. For me, when I think about why can't I make a decision, especially a big decision. Now, of course, it's going to take time sometimes to make a big decision. We need to gather all the information and the facts and sit with it and see how we feel. I understand all of that. But I believe in my experience that what's at the root for me is that I don't trust myself to make the right decision. But I always believe at the root of that. There's a root of that.
0: She took mine.
1: Well, because there's a root of that. I've been thinking about this a lot. There's a root of that. I always believe there's a root. I always believe I believe that there's a core root that we have inside of us. I know certainly I can speak for myself and the core root is fear.
0: And the perfectionism stuff, too and the that perfectionism, we talked about.
1: But fear. Fear is always so fear that I don't trust myself or fear that I'm not going to make the perfect right decision or the perfect right choice. So I believe at the root for me is fear. Fear of what? Fear that it's going to be a disaster or fear that it's going to ruin my life or fear that I'm not going to be able to handle whatever comes my way or fear that I'm not good enough or fear that I'm not smart enough. It's always those root things that we think about ourselves because it always does come back to the relationship that I have with myself and what is it that's underneath all of these things that might be making me feel inadequate. So if I don't make the right decision, what are people going to think of me? These are all the things I think that are underneath and, and all of you listening, you can kind of see, does any of this ring true for you? Or maybe one of it does or some of it does, but it's really important to get at what are some of the beliefs that I used to have as a kid and as a young adult that are not true, that I've learned to um, transform into the person that I am today. But some of those little things still linger in there and they for get sure. buried deep within our consciousness. And so if there's a decision that I have to make, And I'm really balking at making that decision, and I'm not sure. Chances are, underneath, layer after layer after layer, underneath, there's that still little hidden fear that I have that, oh my goodness, I'm not going to be able to make the right choice, or it's going to be a choice that won't serve me very well.
0: Yeah. So she kind of (laughs) took mine a bit, but I have a a little bit of a different take. Mm -hmm. For me, after really diving into this for myself and looking back on these periods of life where indecision indecision was so up for me, it really came down to me not trusting myself and not trusting my ability to even know what was right for me or how to even, how could I even make a decision because I don't even know what's in my own best interest, interest, and similar to what you were saying it's having that connection with yourself to to tap into know what you want and and what how you want to get there but i think at those periods of time and i'm talking about you know teenage era college era early 20s era of my life which is probably pretty common anyways you know you're still finding yourself and figuring out who you are in this wild world but I don't think at those periods of time I trusted myself and it seeps into every single part of life really but decisions are impossible if you don't trust yourself and for me, the biggest thing that I've been able to do is to try and cultivate, of course, that relationship with myself that we talk about so often. But in that, strengthening my ability to trust myself, like, I know how to make a decision, I know how to determine what's in my own best interest, I know how to say no, if if something doesn't feel right, or if I don't want to do something or say yes, if something feels right. It's, cultivating and strengthening the, the muscle of trust within myself to know that I can tap into my wants and desires for myself and and choose and go from there. And it may or may not unfold like I want it to, but it won't shake the strong foundation I have it within myself to know that I'm still trustworthy if love, that makes sense. I don't know.
1: No, I love that. And it, what came up for me with this whole conversation is that remember, whenever you would say, I don't, especially as a, as a child. Um, and when I say child of probably like middle school or high school and, and college, remember you would say, mom, I don't know. I don't know what I, said, I want. I
0: don't know all, all the, the time. time. I
1: don't know. I don't know what I want. I started saying to you, Michelle,
0: and But can I just interject quickly? Yes. Every time I would say, I don't know, it would make you mm-hmm. batty. You're like, please, I can't listen to you say, I don't know, one more time. Stop saying, I don't know. And it was this back and forth game of, Michelle, what do you want? I don't know. And it was infuriating. It was the hamster wheel. So, so sorry, go ahead. No, it's true. no I just, it's true. I felt like I needed to paint the picture of just how...
1: Insidious it was. Yeah, it and it, very,
0: it was yeah. it was so
1: deep. It was, it's very deep, and that's where I'm going with this is you talk talking about trusting yourself, and I agree, I agree with that. So you would constantly say, I don't know. I don't know what I want. And so finally I said to you one day, well, Michelle, what would your answer be if you actually did know? I hated that. And why did you hate it? Why did you dislike that so much? I, I Literally, I would have her sit down, and I'd say, we're not getting up. I want you to think about it. What would your answer be if you did know? Like, come up with something.
0: And that literally made me feel insane.
1: And you were really annoyed with me.
0: Totally. I, I I, know hate is a strong word, but I really hated when you came back at me with that. Because it forced me to be in the conversation for longer when all I wanted was to be out of it. But it also forced me to really not bypass get out of the autopilot of, I don't know. And into, okay, if I did actually know, what would it be? And there is some sort of answer underneath all of that.
1: And what were you bypassing? The feeling? Yes. <laughs> and that's, I believe, the
0: fear. yes,
1: I believe we, we, we say we don't know cause we don't want.
0: And the people pleasing and
1: the it's for sure. Definitely. You're, we bypass our feelings when we say we don't know. And that's why that was so powerful, I think, when I said, if you did know, like it takes the pressure off, okay, you, you, you don't even act, you're not, you're, it's, that's why I thought it was a cool thing because you didn't have to, you know, if you did know, it's not like you had to ruminate over, well, oh my gosh, I got to do this right. If you did know, just kind of an easy breezy, if you did know, you know, what would you actually, what would it actually be? What would your answer actually be? And you're right. It forced you to, to take a pause there for that second. Okay, how do I feel if I did know how do I feel and every single time every single time We sat there and did that you said oh If I did know I'd like to do this this and this or my choice would be this
0: Because it, it like we've talked about with other instances. It creates the new groove in the brain The autopilot for me was always to say I don't know And so I've always reinforced that groove in my brain of of that pattern but you saying that to me and altering the pattern and creating me to or forcing me to create a new bro- groove in the brain of, of a way of thinking opened up to new possibilities. And I think, too, just to also give another alternative outcome to that, I do believe sometimes maybe you don't have enough information to make a decision or maybe sometimes it's not the right time to make a decision. And I, so I think opening up to that, if you did know, what would the answer be? Maybe the answer is there. Or maybe the answer is, I need to go do this to get more information. Or, you know, I think that a decision is coming, but it's just not the right time. It just, and I know that's a little bit subtle because that could be a non-decision, but it's it's taking away from that repetitive reinforcement of not knowing and not being able to make a decision and putting it back to you where, okay, the decision isn't here yet, but this is the action that I'm going to take to get me closer to there. Or, you know, I think just the timing isn't right.
1: And that's so beautiful. What you just said, Michelle, because that's the whole point, right? Remember, we always say awareness is key. Awareness is key. Being it all connected. all comes
0: down to awareness. Always. Always
1: being connected to say, I don't know or to say I don't care, or to say it doesn't matter, it's not important to me, all those things, they all may be true, but are they true? So me saying to you, I know, sometimes, you know, whatever. So I think me saying to you, if you did know, what would your answer be is so powerful. Because then it gives you the choice of thinking about it for a second, seeing how you feel, what's happening, what do you need to make the decision And you get clear. And that's the whole point, getting clear before we make a decision. So you get clear. Not that the the answer may be perfect, but at least you get clear. And it gives you permission then to step forward with whatever it is that came forward or also to not make the decision because not making a decision is a decision. Right. And it can be a very important decision. I need more information. I need need to pause for a little bit longer. But just remembering, I think, that it's all about staying in your power. It's all about staying in your ability to know that you are your own best friend. You can trust yourself completely, which is what you just said. You are trustworthy. You're not perfect, but you are trustworthy and that you can do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I think that that's been my greatest thing is I when I said, you know, earlier in this conversation, I lose my ability when I don't make a decision or I don't take the time to, to feel what the feelings are when i don't do that i i lose my might the I, 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 I step back a little bit in that place where i'm not capable or i don't have the ability and i think that that's where we get we get stuck sometimes because making making the wrong decision or maybe making a decision that's good enough for now. Sometimes we can't make the the most ideal decision, but we need to make little decisions along the way and the ones that we might be making along the way are good enough right now. It's a good enough choice right now because I believe strongly that if we, take a, if we don't make the decision, life will make it for us.
0: And mm-hmm. I, I can attest to that. Life will make the decision 100%. for us
1: and taking too long to make up your mind can hold you back. And this is not about I need more time to make the decision. It's about you're taking too long to make the decision because you're stuck, because you can't, because you're not taking the time to really see what you're feeling. And thinking about looking for a good enough option just to be able to start moving forward until you get to the big decision or the big choice that you have to make. But a little caveat here, I do believe, though, making impulsive decisions based on strong emotions like anger or resentment or greed um, can also backfire, is not ever a good idea. If you're feeling any of those emotions, I will not. Well, goes, I will not make a decision.
0: It goes back to the pause.
1: When I'm angry or if I'm feeling resentful or I'm feeling not all of those having things. Having the
0: knee-jerk reactions. And sometimes we make decisions in a knee-jerk reaction, but you know, we've talked about so many times that there's the pause between the stimulus and the response, like right. Viktor Frankl says, where you can have that space to, to see what you really want what choice you really want to make. But just to go back to that, what would be the answer if you did actually know, even though that was so annoying to me, I'm so grateful for it because it is empowering. It puts it back, it put it back on me. And it, even though I felt so frustrated by that when she would say it to me, it really gave me the permission to to own my desires and wants and wishes. And I think thinking about this now and diving into that uh, inability to decide, there's also some worthiness there Mm -hmm. issues of, well, nobody cares what I want or my, my wants and desires don't matter to anybody. Whatever's better for everybody else is fine for me. If it matters more to you, we can do whatever you want. And while that is big people-pleasing behavior, and sometimes it's nice to allow somebody else to have their time in the sun, your wants and wishes and desires are valid, and you're worthy of being able to speak up for what you want. And maybe it'll work out, and maybe it won't, but it's okay because you're still building that muscle and empowering yourself to recognize that it's worthy that you're worthy of it and even if it doesn't unfold like you want it to exactly
1: and that's the awareness we're talking about what what is causing if you're listening to this right now like if if this is resonating what is causing you to say i don't care it doesn't matter i'm good with anything what Mm. and and if it is truly i want to i want to really honor the other person and let them because it really doesn't then that's beautiful that is beautiful. As you said, Michelle, we do love to do things to please other people. And I don't mean pleasing in a negative way. Oh, no. I mean,
0: oh it's your birthday. Where would you like to go exactly. to celebrate your your birthday? Or even lunch?
1: if it's a benign thing. But I'm just saying like, yes. that's
0: a great op- an example of. Exactly. You choose because this is your day.
1: Exactly. But it's really important. It's so important to understand. Is it because I underneath it all, underneath all the layers, because I know for me, underneath all the layers, it, it usually boils down to. I'm, I'm losing confidence in myself that I can even make the decision. And what's underneath that is unworthiness. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't matter anyway because I don't deserve it or I'm not worthy or that other person is more worthy than I am. All the things that you just said. So it's really, really important, in my opinion, to we do say this all the time about being aware, to really get connected with yourself and understand and be so sure that what is happening in this moment is not based in, I don't feel good enough. Uh, I'm not smart enough or I really don't care because I can't make that decision anyway. You know, whatever it is, making sure that you understand why you're saying the things that you're saying or why it's, what is happening for you that you're not able to step in and make the decision. Cause I believe it. Just let me finish. I know you want to, no, 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 because I, I also believe this strongly when I said, you know, if you don't make the decision, life is going to make it for you. But I also believe the reverse is true. And, and I think it was Ralph Waldo Emerson that said this, once you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. And so I love that there's always a counterpart, the universe will make it for you. Or once you make one, because the universe will conspire to make it happen. Because you're, as you said, Michelle, you're staying in your power. Because, but I believe that I believe that this means (laughs) once you start to move in the direction of your decision, once you've made the
0: decision,
1: isn't it? What is? No, I'm just saying what I believe is once you start to move in the direction of your decision, it impacts everything around you. It you really start to see, you start to feel the the power, you start to feel the confidence, you start to feel wow, this is really, this is really making me feel energetic, happy. And taking one small step and one small action has a ripple effect.
0: And the Paulo Coelho quote is, when, when you want something, all the universe conspires and helping you to achieve it. So, so basically it's, what you just said. And it's so insane. I think
1: not to worry so much about making the best possible decision, but really focus on what can I do in this moment? What decision can I make that will count in this moment and will help me move forward remembering that uh, life will still have challenges and there is no perfect decision. We're still going to get disappointed or still feel heartache and pain. But always remembering that most often in my experience, when I've made a decision that hasn't turned out as I had planned, I can course correct. I can redirect. I can I can make another decision that will put me in the path that might lead me closer to where it is I'm trying to go.
0: Exactly. Just like no feeling is ever final. No Decision is ever final. We're always making new choices. And it was just interesting listening to you say that, even though you went on such a lovely dialogue there. But so often we talk about these practices are like peeling back a layer of the onion. And I feel like with this indecision and indecisiveness and this not knowing, it's like an onion and it's you know, the first layer is trust and the second layer is unworthiness and the third layer is fear. And all of those factors are working together to make us believe that we can't choose. And so just unpacking how those three things really play out in my life and if this resonates for you, play out in your life, I think is really impactful. But there's another aspect of decision making that used to plague me and make things so 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 much worse and I think we need to talk about it okay do you know what it is not sure
1: I do what came up from you're looking
0: at me funny well because what
1: came up for me when you said that was is this have something to do with your last day of high school and you couldn't decide which college you were going to go to so you wore two you took three different shirts three different university shirts thank you but I think you ended up changing and wearing two of them when you were in yeah. school. Does it have to do with that or no?
0: No, it doesn't. Okay. But thank you for that. Well, I just think peak it's so- here, peak peak and decision for me. Yeah. I could not decide where no. I wanted to go to college. No,
1: and you had to wear the shirt the last day of high school of where you were gonna go to college. And, and I
0: had not yet decided. No. So I brought like a hat of one school and two t shirts of another, and I just was, you know, so tortured inside of what what do I wear? And that is an example of if you had said Which you probably did because I ultimately did make a choice. But if what would the answer be if you did actually know? I knew. Mm -hmm. I just, at that point in time, I either didn't want to know or I didn't feel like my choice was okay. That's
1: it, I think. I'm going to interject here because that's how I felt that you were, there was a part of you that... You knew what you wanted to do, but you weren't sure if it was going to be okay with me or your dad or, or your principal, um, your principal or your guidance counselor or your friends. I think, I think other people's energies, which is,
0: that's the one, that's the second part. Yes. Good good segue.
1: I think other people's energies got in the way of you feeling confident and worthy of your own choice.
0: You know what? I will say that thinking back just to that point in time with the college situation, there was the safe choice for me, the comfortable choice, the familiar choice. And then there was the out of the box choice, the the stretch, the uncomfortable, but a little bit exciting and unknown choice. And so often there's this pressure that you always have to make the the re- the reach choice, the uncomfortable choice. And I, I think that was also a big part of my battle I kind of wanted the safe choice because that was what I was leaning towards for a lot of different reasons, not just because it was safe, but the story in my mind, I kept replaying was like, no, you know, the things that are most worthwhile are the ones that are uncomfortable. You know, that story was playing out and sometimes you can make the safe choice. Anyways, I digress a whole other story, but I did end up making the, the comfortable safe choice of Indiana.
1: And it ended up being the, the the right choice for you. I mean, it was, it was the right choice for you. And I think that where, where I, I would love for you to share what you have realized, not just out of that whole situation, but I think in life in general, I would love for you to share your thoughts about other people's energies.
0: That was what I was getting into Oh, is the it? second okay. part of, oh, perfect. of indecision. Oh, terrific. There you that go. Teed you me go. up quite nicely. So yeah. The second piece of of decision-making that for me, and I think for many of us, because this is kind of what we've been taught to do, but I think it it provides a, a disservice, is that when we're plagued with indecision, we tend to go out to people and take polls and ask opinions and get people's feedback and advice, and what would you do if this were you, Or what do you think I should do? Or what do you think is the best decision here? I was the queen of that. And, well, yes, if you're in a situation that you want to talk to someone who has experienced a similar situation or an expert and get some sort of information that you might not have, obviously, you're you're gathering information. But remembering that other people's opinions have their energy and you have your own energy and you need to stay in alignment with what's true for you. You can take other people's advice and marinate in it and see if it's right for you, but ultimately that person doesn't know what it's like to be you. That person doesn't have your lived experience and the energy that you wish to cultivate in your life. So just remember that when you're pulling people trying to help with their indecision that other people's opinions have other people's energy and you need to stay in alignment with what's true for you. That was a big wake up call for myself where it's like oh, I'm asking every single person I know what they think I should do for college when I was I, – we've talked about this on other episodes – trying to decide where should I move you know after after college – what do I do? Pulling everybody, pros and cons, which I know you actually like that practice, but I, I made pros and cons with all my friends on all the things, getting all these people's input. And that just confused me even more because Sally says I should go here because it'll be good for X, Y, and Z. And Tommy says I need to go here, which I don't know either people named that, but you know what I mean? Tommy says I need to go here because this'll, it'll be good for this reason. And you can say, well, you know, I think this is the better choice, but Sally, Tommy, and you, my mother, are not me.
1: I agree. i it's it's a it's a huge epiphany, I think that you had when you told me this years ago. it's It's really fascinating, I think, to think about how often we ask, I think it was Glenn and Doyle maybe that said a version of this quote, how how often we ask people where to go when they have never been where we're going and exactly. and exactly what you're saying. And they have no idea where we're going. And I think you also talk a lot about when you and I've had so many discussions about this, you you were so unaware of the toll that it was taking on your life. Talk about being sad or being in inactive and being not depressed, but just like, not wanting to move and not wanting to do anything. It really, it's it's such a great visual that if you can't make the decision and you're so busy polling a lot of people that you do literally do get stuck and you are not able to move. And so I do love, for me, the pros and cons situation is a good thing because I'm not actually asking other people's opinions or all that. I'm actually looking at sitting with myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, Barb, if you did do this, these are all the things that would be good for it. These are all the things that maybe wouldn't be. Good. It's, it's for me. It's a it's a way that I sit down with myself to see exactly how I'm feeling, what's happening. Right. So, but it's not for everyone, and so I think that there's that's that's why life is so beautiful, and why I like your 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 discovery that be in alignment with your truth, what right. works for you. I mean, I can even go as far as to say, I I don't even, don't remember where I heard this or where I learned it. It was on one of my retreats that if you really don't know what to do flip a coin heads being one decision tails being the other decision flip a coin and then w- the minute you see the head or the tail you'll know instantly because your heart will sink if it actually was the thing that you are, were afraid to make or 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 not so it'll it'll give you your answer right away and I know it sounds really really silly but it is absolutely true. I've done it recently. As I said, I've got this really huge decision to make. And I was in a conversation with a person and and the way the conversation was going was really 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 positive and really really good. And I was feeling really good about the relationship and I got home and and it made me scared and it made me worried and it was like, "Oh my gosh. That is even though the even though the conversation went well, that isn't exactly what I would want. So it's very fascinating to be able to pinpoint it that quickly. And then there's a whole lot of peeling back the layers as we've talked about to go after that. But you know, it's, it's kind of a fun way to start. It, it gets you started on what you want. Flip that coin and see what happens. See what happens on the inside. Cause it gets you inside yourself. Yeah. It gets you in touch with your feelings.
0: Yeah, it does. But I, I kind of want to go back to the other people's stuff. Okay. Um, Because there's an aspect of it, too, that's interesting to me as we were talking about this. You know, when you go and poll people for advice on things, you're delaying the decision. And it's like you're treading water. And something I noticed for myself is if I go and ask my best friend what they think I should do in a situation and they say this. And then I go ask somebody else and they say something differently differently. And then I make a decision. There's that people pleasing energy of, oh, but is she going to be mad at me that I didn't do what she thought I should do? And I think that was also a big dynamic at play for me in those periods of indecision of, well, I'm going to let this person down because I'm not going to go with what advice they gave me or what they thought that I should do. And then they're going to judge me and then they're going to think that I'm weak or whatever that might be. And so just if that's something that resonates for you obviously we did that episode about people pleasing but go into just releasing that need to make you can't make decisions for other people you have to make decisions for yourself and it's that same quote stay in alignment with your own truth but I do think that that's something that's in play often making decisions for somebody else to appease somebody else or to make somebody else feel better or or anything. And that just never works.
1: I love this because now take that down the path. If you do that, it's so, this is so great. So if you're, if you're polling them and and let's say it is one of your closest and dearest friends and you're going to not make the decision that they've suggested that you make, what happens then? You, you, you start to avoid the person. Oh, I don't mean you I'm just saying no, no, in general no. the next thing that happens is oh my gosh sure. I can't tell them because they're going to be disappointed with me they're going to be upset with me they're going to think less of me so then what happens then when you're when you're having all these feelings avoidance 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 so we don't tell them and then what happens a month later or 6 weeks later then the person calls and says, hey, you haven't talked to me for a long time. What's happening? Mm-hmm. And then they or they call you up and say, hey, Michelle, I found out that you just did this. Mm-hmm. How come you didn't tell me?
0: Mm-hmm. Or on the flip side, you make a decision based on someone's advice that wasn't really what you wanted, but you felt like you had to to, to be the people pleaser. And down that road is resentment.
1: And it doesn't and it, especially if it doesn't go well.
0: Right. But I think even if it.
1: It doesn't matter even if it did you go well. You feel
0: like you were strong-armed into something you didn't want to do, which obviously isn't true, but that's the, the, Sometimes the general the feeling. feeling of it. So I think just if you're stuck with a decision, there's tools, there's tips, there's tricks that we always talk about. Obviously, you have to connect with yourself, take some time, become aware of of what's up for you. But just be mindful of, of going out there and asking other people's opinions. If there is someone that you want to talk to about it, make sure it's someone who really knows you, who has your own best interest, who maybe has aligned values. You know, just just this is your life. And some of these big decisions are impactful on your life. So just hold hold your decision-making process close to your heart and be mindful with it, basically.
1: Beautiful. And I think it's beautiful that you're and it's so phenomenal that we're having this conversation. Because it's it's so important to let yourself off the hook and not label yourself that go with the flow, no preferences ever, indecisive person. As we talked about when we first started this conversation, because you actually became it. And it's so it's so magnificent that you can break free. We you can be free. And I was thinking about when you were talking earlier that one of the reasons I think that we, we do say, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me or whatever you want to do is that you think talking about the people pleasing thing, we think that people are going to like you more. Mm -hmm. People are going to want to be around you more. And I think what you and I've talked about so much. And one of the things that you said to me about one particular friend, I remember you said that you learned over time that, that. People gravitate towards people who are grounded, mm-hmm. who do know what they want, who are confident, who are um, feeling really grounded in their true selves and have convictions and have values and morals and all the things. And they're not afraid to to stay in alignment with those and make choices and take actions and make decisions on those. Definitely, When you're really sure of yourself, that energy is what people want to be around the most.
0: Yeah. I mean, a boyfriend I had a while ago when I was, you know, in my peak indecision, indecisive phase, I I thought that he would like that. I was like, you know, go with the flow and whatever you want and anything is fine. You know, I think there is too. this, it's hard for women sometimes because we've been painted as high maintenance and demanding and diva like behavior. So for me, at least I think I kind of swung the opposite Mm. way where I felt like I had to just be this easygoing chill girl who just went with the flow and didn't care about anything because I didn't want to be labeled as high maintenance. So I do think it's important to note that as women or or women, people who identify as, you know, that feminine women, woman, you know, dynamic, you have to tame yourself because you don't want to be labeled as high maintenance. We've been taught that like high maintenance is a problem and we don't want to be demanding because that's too much. We don't want to be too much for people, especially, you know, with when we're in relationships with men, we can't overpower the man or anything like that. And so I think in this particular relationship with this boyfriend of the past, I thought that I had to be easygoing and just, I don't care whatever you guys want. I'm chill. I'm the chill girlfriend. And of course, that led me into just a mess of indecision. But ultimately, it made that relationship worse. I was annoying. I was so chill that I was annoying, you know, because he would always be like, well, what do you want? And I, you know, I would go into that. I don't care, whatever you want. And it's true. People respect and value someone who has an opinion, who has, who knows what they want, who knows how to ask for what they want. And so I just think that in relationships like that, take note of that.
1: I'm so happy you brought that up. Especially, especially true is that we women, and that, that's why I love Glennon's book, Untamed. We women think we have to tame ourselves. That was beautifully said, what you just said. And I, I think that that idea that there's also a truth. I think for for women, I know it's a truth for me. There's also a truth, I think. And if this if this feels and resonates for you, own it and, and really think about it that are, that some of my fears weren't that I wasn't good enough is I was trying not to be too much. Just like you said, Mm -hmm. Michelle, we can't, we don't want to be too much. We don't want to really own the power and really own the strength and the confidence and the convictions. Uh, We don't want to be too much because we might ruffle some feathers along the way, or we might try to change the status quo out there. And the way I live my life today is I want to be all of what I am and I want to I want to be too much if that people think that I'm too much cuz I don't I don't I don't believe that I am too much. I believe that all of the convictions and the beliefs and the work that I do today is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing cuz I'm in alignment with my truth. So just think about that. I'm so happy you said that Michelle because it is so true. Think about that if if sometimes it could be a fear of I don't want to be too much because I don't want to ruffle people's feathers. And if that's the case, think about why you're playing small. Think about why you want to make yourself small and not really step into the the power and the glory and the grace and the the magnificence that you really are.
0: Yeah. And what's really interesting for me that just came up, and I know we did this whole episode about regrets and how I feel like I don't have a lot of regrets, but thinking about it. In this vein, I think my regret in life would be thinking about past phases of life and this phase that I've been kind of alluding to in, you know, early 20s in certain relationships in certain periods of time where I didn't want to be too much. I didn't want to be labeled a certain way. I was very indecisive and very catering to what everybody else wanted and so I diluted myself and my personality and go with the flow so I would be very wishy-washy. And I think looking back on that, my regret about that is that those people in that period of time didn't really get to know the real me. And that kind of makes me sad to think about the fact that I had to dilute myself or change myself or make myself a certain way to that, that period of time those people experienced that version of me that I don't find to be the real, authentic, aligned Michelle. And that's something that I had not ever thought about in that way, but it's it's an interesting thing to sit with because I want people who have any interaction with me, big or small, to feel the real aligned, true Michelle, like me or not. And it's just interesting to think about it that way. Don't dilute yourself which I think somehow we've gotten into a whole different. <laughs> it's good though. But it, it, no. No, I it think was the indecision that diluted me.
1: It's beautiful. And I think I use that word beautiful a lot because I love when we can come to some epiphanies about truths. And I, what I would say to Gotta you- Gotta go talk
0: to my therapist about this.
1: No, what I would say to you, I, <laughs> what I would say to you with this, with this epiphany that you just spoke about, trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Trust yourself. Trust whatever decision you made then served you either with a blessing or a teaching mm-hmm. or a lesson, you know? So, and that's what this did. Look at, yeah. look at, look at what, and you know this, you For know, you sure. know it's all of this. It's just interesting
0: it, to think about different versions of ourselves and how we were. And just, if I could, you know, people always ask if you could go back to your 20 year old self and what would you tell her? I would tell her all these things. So it's right. like, you don't need to do that. You're good enough. You're worthy enough. People will like you. So you know, such as life.
1: Well, forgive yourself what you didn't know before you learned it
0: uh, from the dear Maya Angelou. I think we reference that every single episode because it's
1: it's been it's been a bedrock, been a foundation of my life. It's it when you say it, it lets you. It really, truly does give you a release. Yeah. I know for me, it does when I say it. We we we're here to learn. We're here to learn. We're here to grow. We're here to become the greatest mm-hmm. version of ourselves. We didn't know certain things back then, so. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I believe it's, it's such a beautiful life that we're living that we can give ourselves enough grace, enough latitude, enough forgiveness that we can learn and grow. And Mm -hmm. knowing that the 20 year old Michelle was different, the, the 20 year old Barb, oh my gosh, the 20 year old Barb is not even, it doesn't, I can't even quite comprehend with a 20 year old person as I am now as a 65 year old person. So I think the people that met you met the Michelle of that era.
0: Yeah. We're never true. the
1: same. Everything is always, always changing. Becoming. We're always becoming. So
0: anyways, well, thank That's... you for taking me through that.
1: You don't need to call your therapist you, now. I was going to say
0: you all witnessed my own therapy session, <laughs> I, I guess. Um, but ultimately to wrap this up, because there's so much we could say. And again, maybe we'll do another episode about this in the future. But you're worthy of making decisions that are serving your own best interest. And you have the power to make a choice because we're making choices all the time. So don't dilute your power by saying that you can't or don't know how. So just some quick reminders for you to take along your decision-making journey. Um, Just remember that when you think you don't know what to do, Like you, you know, if you're stuck in an indecision or don't know what to do, just listen, think of, let my mom's voice pop into your mind of,
1: go ahead. Oh, you want to connect Uh, to me?
0: Yeah, here, give us, give them the sound clip.
1: If you're stuck in an indecision and you don't know what to do, sit down and ask yourself, well, if I did know what to do, what would the answer be? Mm -hmm. If you did know, what would the answer be? and then sit with that. And I promise you, there's that whole thing. If you sit with the question long enough, the answer comes.
0: There you go. So just take that time if you're stuck. Remember that asking other people's opinions clouds your clarity. So just be really, really mindful of of who you go to for that kind of outsourcing. And then lastly, remember and trust that whatever choice you make, it will serve you in some way, either with a blessing or a lesson. And we can never know, but we just keep moving on, on this path of life.
1: Uh, The only thing I would like to add is just to follow up a little bit on that idea that give yourself, if it's feeling overwhelming, give yourself space, give your brain a break. And you could even call it, I think you've written about this before, Michelle, giving your brain a decision break. You know, agonizing sometimes over the pros and the cons and really getting yeah. deep into sometimes it. Sometimes you need space. Overthinking and overanalyzing it. So give yourself some space. And sometimes if you're stuck, no decision is necessary in this moment. But just say to yourself, I will make a decision. When I'm ready to make a decision, I'm going to go collect the information. And then the last thing I wanted to say is, <laughs> and, is that. it doesn't want to stop. No I, it's true. I think the last thing I want to say is often we already do know, and that's why I came up with that thing for you because if it's not really a hell yes, it's actually a no a or, hell no or it's or it's aI'll get back to you so understanding that making the decisions that really light you up
0: that is get in great touch advice.
1: get in touch with your feelings and what are the decisions and this is the you know the people you deserve person to be lit so. up looking at when someone asks you a question or something's come to you say, wow, what would I really imagine this to be? And how would it really bring such joy and happiness and success or excitement to my life? So getting to the feelings of what you're feeling whenever you're faced with a decision is the most important thing.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. It's a great conversation, sweetie. Thank you. we'll, we'll, We'll dive into this topic some more if you all would like for us to. So please let us know. Let us know what comes up for you if this topic of indecision and what else you want to hear about it, because we are here to answer and help you in any way, shape, or form that we can. And as always, thank you so, so much for listening to the podcast. We're so grateful for all of you. We absolutely love having these chats with you every single week. It's it's such a highlight and such a treat for both of us to be able to do this. So thank you so much. If you'd like to stay in touch with us, which we hope you do, please make sure you're following us on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Barb Knows Best Pod, and at Michelle Maros. That's where you can ask us questions, send us topics that you want to hear us talk about, and all of the things. Additionally, if you haven't yet, make sure you're liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify. And if you haven't yet, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes and leave us a review if you feel so inclined. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much again. Thanks for being here, Mom. And thanks for being the best. Because as we know, Barb knows best. Bye.